30 and have children and I am genuinely the happiest I've ever been. Hi and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck and be more confident in your 30s. And I'm so excited to kick off our first guest episode of the new season with a guest who really embodies what it means to take hold of your 30s and enjoy it, who had a life in her 20s and especially her early 20s that was completely different to what she expected from what was expected of her. And she went through a huge upside down turnaround of her life when she was 27 and now in her mid 30s is just enjoying life and speaking out on her platform all about what it's like to go through a divorce in your 20s and be single in your 30s. The guest is Jigna Patel. Jigna works full-time as a consultant but a few years ago when she realized that taboo topics such as divorce and breaking up earlier in life weren't really spoken about on the internet, she made a series of videos and decided to start sharing on her platform. Her Instagram page just took off and it became a really safe space to talk about all of the different topics surrounding divorce, dating, family connections in your 30s, how to deal with the pressures of being single. And really recommend that you go and check out her Instagram. It's full of so much goodness and so much authenticity. And I've invited Jigna onto the podcast today so that we can have a deep dive into what it takes to go through a breakup, how it feels to do things so differently and to be on different timelines to what you expected and from all of those around you. And I'm so excited to interview her. Talking about breakups is a huge part of what we do over here at Turning 30. And I don't know what's going on at the moment, but my Instagram is full of messages and questions from my followers, my community asking about breakups that either just about to go through a breakup or considering it or have already been through one and are struggling so just know that turning 30 as a community is a really safe space if you're going through anything like this and this podcast episode is full of such pearls of wisdom about going through a breakup and what you can do to you know get to the other side and to live a life in your 30s that you absolutely love and deserve I just wanted to take a minute to let you know about an offer that I'm currently running for the whole of November for my foundation's course, The Next Chapter. After coaching hundreds of one-on-one clients over the past seven years, I've seen which coaching tools work the best and I've developed a very specific process that has helped all of my clients to build the next chapter of their lives. And as I know there are so many of you in my audience who want to do this work, you're really ready to step up and build your next chapters but you don't necessarily need or want a one-on-one coach but you do want to have the benefits and the results that a one-on-one coach will give you. So about two years ago, I packaged together all of these tools into a program that I called The Next Chapter. And since then, over 80 women have enrolled in this program. And it occurred to me the other week when I was reviewing all of my library of resources that I'm sitting on this gold mine of resources and I'm not sharing it with my audience and my listeners. And that is why I want to invite you 
to join the next chapter. Just to let you know a little bit more about it, I use a three-step process with all of my clients and that process is reflect, accept and take action. And the self-study video modules that you'll get access to as part of the next chapter program are going to help you to work through this process. And alongside it, there is a 100-page workbook full of journaling activities, questions and tasks that you can do, which even in themselves, if you don't do any other part of the program, is worth hundreds of dollars for the amount of change that you will see by working through these exercises. Now the course itself is going to walk you through so many different aspects. It's gonna teach you how to identify specific areas of your life that you want to work on and focus on improving, help you set goals in my special goal setting process, and so much more. And in addition to this, there are also four workshops on my key coaching concepts, uh, confidence, boundaries, relationships, and comparison, and a Facebook community that already has over 80, 30 something women. And in the coming months, alongside the special offer that I'm running, I'm going to be running exclusive community events and special guests and exclusive offers for workshops and more programs that are coming up in the next few months. So the special offer for the month of November is a reduced price access to the course for only $99 and alongside which, just for the next four weeks, you're going to also get access to my friendship mini course, which is worth $66 usually, and is an eight modules in podcast style that are going to help you to build better friendships in your 30s, which I know is something that from speaking to my community, so many of you struggle and want to find new friends who are on a similar path to you. So for both of these together, it's $99, or you can actually sign up with a brand new payment plan of two months for only $50 per month. To sign up, you can go to the link in the podcast blurb, or you can go to my website, www.turning30coach.com. I'm really looking forward to seeing you inside the Next Chapter community. Let's dive into the episode. Hey, Jigna, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Emma, thank you for having me. So excited to have you here. I wanted to tell you actually, I'm glad I didn't tell you until we press record, that I knew about you or I came across your Instagram. I think it was around two and a half years ago now when you did a reel that was (laughs) super viral. It was like a love actually. You were standing there with the with the um, pieces of card and you'd written on it um you know, lots of things about being in your 30s and obviously turning 30 coach. So about, I must admit, I think about 10 clients sent it to me. No way. If there's a reel that's really big about turning 30, obviously lots of people are like, oh, we'll send it to Emma so she can reshare it. Uh, and that's how I came across you. And I've been following you ever since. And yeah, I love all of your content that you post around being in your 30s and specifically around going through a big breakup in your late 20s and uh, all of the things around that. So really excited to have this chat. And I guess I wanted to ask, how was it for you when you first posted that reel and that content just went so viral? How was how was the response? Do you know what? I genuinely never expected it to go viral. I think I did it. And this is the case with a lot of my content. It's very much inspired by what is going on in my life currently. So I kind of see it as like my own form of therapy where I make these videos because I'm talking about my own feelings and I'm hoping it's going to help someone else. And that is genuinely how my video started with divorce. I think my first video that I did, 
it was because I felt so strongly about the narrative around divorce and how people are treated. And I was like, why is no one talking about this? And why can we not normalize divorce? And then even with that reel that I made, there's so much talk around, you know, being single in your 30s and how it's the end of the world or being divorced and, and all these kinds of things. Or if you don't have children, then there's something wrong with you. And I was getting so fed up with this narrative and what people were saying. So I was like, actually, I am all of those things. You know, I'm single, I'm divorced, I don't have children, and I am genuinely the happiest I've ever been. And we need to talk about it more. So I remember I made these cards and did the reel. And, and I genuinely didn't even think anything of it. Like I posted it, I put my phone away, I carried on with my evening. And I think it wasn't until the next morning when I looked at my phone, I was like, where, 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 like, what is happening? Then I realized, okay, there's getting a lot of views. And then I think it got a million views. And I was like, no, this is, this is crazy. It was such a whirlwind. I genuinely wasn't expecting it. It was more so just for the messaging that I wanted to do it. Yeah, I love that because I always think as someone who's on Instagram and posting and sharing lots of content, I always think that they're the pieces of content that do get the most attention are the ones that are really authentic basically yeah so such an authentic message and really brave to speak about it I know that you know I'm a coach so I'm doing that for my business but for you it was just something that you shared about your personal life and I just yeah I think it's amazing how honest and vulnerable it was and then the response that you got from that is amazing but so many topics I want to dive into and I guess the best place to start is asking you your story you know I want to I usually ask guests what's your turning 30 story but I know for you you mentioned that it happened in your 20s that you went through a big breakup and your life drastically did a 180 from what you expected it to be so if you could just share with the listeners a little bit about maybe the journey of your late 20s and we'll talk about 30s as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I got married when I was 23. Uh, so incredibly young now when I think about it. And I got divorced when I was 27. And I think at that point in my life, obviously, when you get married, you don't think you're going to get divorced. You know, you kind of think it's forever. You have this whole life planned out, you know, marriage, children, buy a house, do all of these things. And I'd done a lot of that. Like I didn't have children, but you know, we'd bought a house, we were very much settled. And I was kind of taking the step to almost turn my life completely upside down and change everything. And it was such a difficult decision. And it's definitely something that I had taken years to make. And I think over the years, I'd very much gone back and forth around, do I want to get divorced? I'm going to try and make this work. And it's such a big decision to make. But when I made that decision, it was very much like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going through this. I'm determined to make my life better than it is. And I'm determined to find this happiness. But it's very much a journey that you go on. And I think... Mm. When I'd initially filed for divorce, I was so lost. I was really, really, you know, I had really bad anxiety. I was very severely depressed. So I started going to therapy to try and help me through this. But at the same time, it's like, oh, you know, I need to, we need to sell a house. I need to find somewhere to live. We need to do all of these practical logistical things. And then there's also the emotional aspect of it where, you know, you're ending a marriage and it's not just you and your husband. There's also families involved and yeah. especially within the Asian culture is very much seen as, you know, you're not just divorcing your husband, you're divorcing an entire family and, and so many people get involved. And, and it was very much sort of a journey that you have to go on to kind of deal with all those opinions and deal with everyone's feelings as well as your own, whilst also doing the practical stuff. But it's been now seven years since I got divorced. Well, since I legally got divorced, but yeah, nearly eight since I filed for divorce. And it's definitely been a journey, but I can honestly say now I look back on my divorce and I am so forever grateful. I genuinely 
see it as one of the best things that happened to me or one of the best things that I did because it allowed me to kind of create this life for myself that I have now. I love that. It's very rare to meet somebody and I meet a lot of women who've gone through huge breakups and divorces and huge life changes. And I have to say, I can't think of one person that I've met along the way on this journey that has gone through a divorce or a big breakup and has said that they regretted it. It's always been, this was the hardest time in my life. You know, I was in the lowest low. It was so difficult, all the challenges. But then when they come out the other side, they understand just how much they needed to go through something so big. And I myself wasn't divorced because I never got to the, the marriage stage, but I speak openly on on you know, my platforms about my big breakup when I was 33 and I was in a four-year relationship. We were engaged we hadn't announced it yet but it was very much going in you know the direction of all the big steps and we broke up kind of unexpectedly but not really when I think about it and yeah toughest days ever but you know the decision was just such the right decision and the question that I think my audience asked me the most is when it comes to breakups is how do you know? That's what I get the most. I get so many DMs and I'm sure you get them as well on your Instagram. And I get a lot of questions saying, I'm really unhappy. I've been in an eight-year relationship. I'm X age. I really thought my life would look differently. I'm, I really don't know what to do, but I'm too scared to be alone. How do you know it was time to leave? Or how do you know when it's time to actually, you know, pull the trigger? And I'm curious to know what your response is to that. And I guess what the breaking point was for you that you finally said, okay, I've been trying now for however long, enough is enough. I actually get the same question so much. So many people message me and I think I did a reel on this actually about when is the right time to leave a marriage because so many people ask me this question and it's so difficult to answer in the sense that it's probably different for everyone. But for myself, it was very much where I couldn't imagine spending the rest of my life with this person. And I couldn't imagine this being the rest of my life. And I remember I, I said to um, one of my friends, because I used to regularly have a breakdown about how unhappy I was. And, and he was always the one that I would go to. And he said to me, and this always stuck in my head, and I feel like this is very much a turning point, was he said to me, can you do this for the next 60 years of your life? And just the thought of 60 years. I mean, I couldn't even get through a day at a time at that point. And even a week felt long, but 60 years, I was like, no, there's no way. This is not the life that I want to live. And as hard as it is to feel like you're letting people down or, you know, you're scared about the future or you're scared about what's going to come, I couldn't do that to myself. Like, I very much see myself as, you know, I'm quite strong, I'm resilient, I can put up with a lot, but my God, there was no way that I could do another 60 years feeling like that. And that for me was the point where I was like, I need to do something about this. And, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of, I need to make a change. Yeah. And it probably was a breaking point. Like that one question that your friend had asked you resulted in such consequences in terms of like the events that came afterwards. And I can say for me with this big breakup, it was weird because it was building up and building up and there were lots of breakdowns and lots of different, you know, events that, made me realize that it wasn't working out but yeah it was like almost like a moment like a crushing moment when it was like oh I deserve better oh yeah. actually this isn't going to change like I've done enough work on this like and I think that's a really hard point with the breakup and maybe you experience something as well is that how to know when to keep doing the work and how to know when to just stop and say I hold my hands up it isn't going to work and and it's it's really hard to know and I know a lot of listeners who are in that position now ask that question like have I done enough yeah. And I think that sometimes, you know, you can keep going down the path and doing more and more and more and more. And then you just always end up in the same place anyway. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also when you, and I always say this, like when you file for divorce, you want to be able to do it and not have that regret of I didn't, you know, try or could I have done more or could in this. I think for me, I was very much at the point where I felt like I had done absolutely everything. You know, I'd spent years trying. I'd spent years trying to make it work. And for me at that point, I was like, there's nothing more that I can give. I can go and file for divorce and I can actually do it knowing that I've tried everything. And that for me almost gave me a bit of peace because it was kind of like, okay, now I, you know, I know it's not going to work and now I can kind of start moving on with my life. Yeah. And in this moment, 100%. And how did your family respond? I know that you mentioned about other people's judgments and, and I guess a lot of it, because I'm also from um, the Jewish community and there's a lot, it's really similar to, yeah. to other communities where it's very insular and it's, there's gossip and there's lots of families talking about other families and that feeling of expectation and even stronger pressure. We'll never know, right? You never know what other families are saying about you. You'll never understand who's talking about you. But obviously, you also have that added pressure from immediate family who have certain expectations. How did they respond? Like, how was their reaction when you were going through all of this? I think initially, it was actually really difficult for them to kind of, you know, understand or to get their head around. And I think it was very much a case of, you know, when I first mentioned it, it was almost like, oh, no, we don't, you know, we don't need to do this. You know, you guys just need to have a chat. You can figure it out. But I had to kind of be strong in my own reasoning and be like, no, this is happening. This is happening. Whether you support me or not, I'm going to go and do this. There's no more chats. There's no more, you know, working out that it can happen. But I think also for me, because I'd been going back and forth on this decision for four years, I'd kind of gotten to the point where I was comfortable with it. Whereas I think for my, you know, for my immediate family, they were starting that journey of almost getting their head around it and getting used to it. So it was very much like, you know, they needed time to to do that. And, and, and I think, you know, at that point I did lean a lot on my friends and, you know, my friends were very, you know, my support system. I have a really close group of friends, like few friends who I'm really, really close with. And they, I always say that they basically got me through my divorce, you know, emotional support, literally anything I need, you know, when I was moving out of my house, you know, they were there for me. And so it was very much kind of leaning on them throughout the process. Yeah. And that actually was leading to the next question I was going to ask you was that, what things really helped you during that time? Like what were the things that looking back now you were super grateful for that you had in place? And I'm asking just for anyone listening who I guess is thinking about going through something like this or trying to make that decision. The question I often get, or somebody actually replied to a story that I did a Q&A saying, I want to break up it, And they replied to me after I sent what I thought saying, but I don't have friends that are single or understand or I'm close with since I've been in this relationship for so long. So I'm curious to know for you as what friendship as well, what are the things that really did help you during this time? Yeah, it's sad. I do actually get a lot of messages from people saying similar things that they don't have that support system to lean on, which is, you know, really, really difficult, especially when you're going through a breakup, it can definitely make you feel alone. And I think a couple of other things that I did was I really threw myself into work. You know, for me, that was a great distraction. I really enjoyed being there. You know, my colleagues were great. And I remember when I told my manager at the time that I was going through this, just in case, you know, he sees me crying at my desk or something, you know, he did say, do you need time off? And I was like, no, I need the opposite. I need you to, you know, very much give me more, keep me busy, throw myself into that because it also gives you like a sense of like self-satisfaction as well. You feel like you're doing something for you. And I think that's one of the biggest things when you're going through a breakup is to focus on doing things for you, making yourself happy. What do you enjoy? Another thing that I did was I went to therapy and I lent very heavily on my therapist every single week. Remember every single Wednesday lunchtime, I would just go for an hour and I pretty much spent most of it crying, but he was my biggest, biggest support 
through that time. And I don't know how I could have got through it if it wasn't for him. And I think also with, with a therapist is it's like, it's someone who's neutral. They don't really know who you're talking about. They're not involved and you can just unload. And that to me was a huge thing. But I think if you're in a situation where you don't have, you know, sort of like friends and family to lean on, I think it's very much a case of thinking about what makes you happy, what will make you feel good within yourself that you can do that doesn't require, you know, having to lean on friends and things like that. And I think it does go back to that you know, that almost that self-satisfaction aspect of it. I love that you brought up the therapy part because when you're going through such a huge life transition and such a huge change, call in the troops. I always say it, therapist, coach, you know, and I don't know, holistic medicine, whatever you need to get through, like just do it all. And it's really hard because often it comes with the time of going through a breakup is like a financial uncertainty. Obviously you're like splitting from somebody yeah. else and it can feel very like, oh, but I want to save money during this time or I don't even have the disposable income to do it. So I know that it's hard, but I really recommend. And you know, my therapist is also huge support through this time and through also, you know, previous breakups. And we also came to arrangement with money that it was like, you know, if I got to the point where I couldn't, she was very supportive and hopefully, you, you know, other people will be you know similar to that. And I think that it's so important to put that first, even when it feels like, oh, I can cope with myself or I can just tell my friends and they'll help me or my family members. They always have an agenda. They always have a subjective opinion and that therapist is going to provide you with such a safe space. So I love that you brought that up. And also about what I often say to uh, clients or you know followers who ask, say to me, oh, I don't have a support system, build it. You know, When you go through a, a divorce or a breakup, and you're building something new, you have to build from scratch. Many people, it's very normal. And I don't know how this was for you because you mentioned you had a, you know, already had an amazing group of friends who were supporting you before you even filed for divorce. But for many people, they kind of neglect their friendships when they're in a relationship or it's not the first thing on the list. And it's really normal. And, and friends mostly understand that when you then go through a breakup, you you reach out to people more, you're more available, you're more vulnerable, you, you're more needy. And wow friendships in these moments are so powerful and I know any friend who was to go through a breakup even if I hadn't heard from them for however many months I would still be there for them so yeah. if you're listening to this and you're saying oh but I don't have that big group of friends who can help me you need one or two people and you need to just go and ask for help and I think that's really hard maybe you struggle with that as well as asking for help when you need it therapist friends family and it's like you were living this life where you were always helped by one specific person that was just constantly there for you because they had to be and then all of a sudden they're not there anymore and you now have to go ahead and, and ask for help did you find it hard to to ask for help in the, in these times a hundred percent I feel like even now I find it difficult to ask for help I think it's I just feel like throughout my life I've been very much like no I have to figure it out myself I have to do it myself mm. and I've always even now I don't know why I find it so difficult to ask people for help or if people say oh we'll do this for you I'm like no 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 it's okay and I don't know if that's I don't know maybe it's because I find it difficult to maybe rely on people or trust people I don't know but yeah I definitely find it hard to reach out and I think I've definitely gotten better at it over the years but going to therapy was a huge step for me to tell myself no you can't do this by yourself you need help and that was big for me kind of opening the floodgates to being a bit more comfortable with saying okay no I need help I need to lean on someone um, and I think like I said even now I do struggle with it sometimes mm. and I do lean on you know like my core group of friends and people around me but 
yeah, it's definitely something that's difficult. And like you said, because you're with someone who's kind of always there, when you go from them suddenly not being there to being like, oh, okay, like who's here? Who's here to help me? What can I do? It is difficult adjusting to that. When you went through the divorce, did you live alone afterwards or was it like something that happened later on? So I filed for divorce in January 2016 and we lived together still until May 2016. Because we were in the house together, obviously we essentially just kind of divided up the house and you know obviously we had separate bedrooms separate bathrooms separate living rooms and so we actually didn't really see each other much even though we were living in the same house and but it kind of gave us time to then sell the house and find somewhere else to live but after May 2016 I then moved into an apartment by myself. And how was living alone for the first time after going through all of this? It was difficult you know I really struggled at the beginning I used to feel really lonely and I think I tried to keep myself busy with either work or going out or seeing friends. Like the thought of spending a weekend in my flat by myself was honestly the most stressful thought. And I really, really struggled actually for a really long time. I struggled because I just wasn't happy with my own company. And I think that that's something over the years that I have grown to love. And now I find it difficult spending time with people in my apartment. Now I just, I love the alone time. But it took me a long time to get here. And initially I did really struggle. Yeah, and how how did you get through that? Was it just something that changed over time and you just got used to it? Yeah, do you know, it was something like that. And I think also COVID, it forced me to like my own company because obviously I live by myself. So all of the lockdowns, everything that happened, I was by myself just stuck in my flat. And genuinely at the beginning of, of lockdown, that was my biggest nightmare because I thought I am such a busy person and, and I do that on purpose. So I'm not just sat in my apartment. Um, so yeah, that forced me to, but I loved it. I realized that actually I find joy in the small things. So, you know, in the morning when I have a really nice cup of coffee and I read a book or I watch, you know, everyone on Instagram knows how much I love watching Netflix always giving Netflix suggestions. But that for me is so like so much joy. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to watch a good TV show, a good series has come out. And now I think it's, it's almost maybe it's just readjusting my perspective. But there are so many things that I can do by myself in my apartment that bring me so much joy that I actually just love being here now. And it's almost become my sort of my safe space and my whole area to just like be comfortable, which I love. Oh, I love that. It's like a sanctuary. You built yourself. Yes. A and that's exactly what I did. It's so funny because I'm always the opposite. Like I just absolutely loved living alone. From the minute that I lived alone, I was like, oh my God, I never want to live with anyone ever again. My boyfriend's in the other room, so he does live here. But really like it for me, it was like, I don't know, I guess after years of not necessarily always being happy with somebody like in, in my space. And I'm also somebody who just like loves being in my own space and like not having anyone to disturb me. And I just moved into this apartment alone. And I guess the hard things for me were like the having to sort out all the bills alone and having to do all the like bureaucracy and all the logistics. And if there was like, I don't know, a leak under the sink, it, it didn't even happen, but it was the thought that, oh my God, if something happens, like there's no one here, like I have to have responsibility. But apart from that, I would just wake up every day and be like, my space, there's no one here, <laughs> just do whatever I want. And I'm like, like when COVID happened for me and lockdown started, I was like, yes. <laughs> now I don't even have to see people and it's funny because I'm you know I love socializing when extrovert but I have that introvert tendency to just really yeah. need to be alone I think it's such a journey from someone who doesn't like not even just living alone but just spending time alone being alone and it can be really hard when you're forced all of a sudden to do it but what's on the other side of that which is like actually enjoying your own company is so good like it's such an amazing benefit of life to not have to 
constantly be reaching out to other people you know and I have had days or times you know when it's been like on your phone looking at the weekend who can I message who can I message who can I say I'm not saying that it's always perfect but there's something so relaxing about being like okay I have a whole day alone I'm not going to panic I'm just going to just enjoy it and just be in my own company no I love that and it's a hundred percent the same for me even now when I wake up I'm like oh yeah I've got the whole day I can do my cleaning I can like go to the gym I can you know do whatever I need to do in a day and there's no one here to like bother me. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, same, but now I also get like decision fatigue from what to do. So I'm like, okay, I have a whole day alone. And then I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, okay, I can. I want a coffee and I want to go for a walk. And then I want to do this. I want to do this. And I'm like, there's too many things. I have to write a list of everything to do to make sure I've got all of the like solo dating things like done. Obviously now you're you're in your 30s and it's been seven years since your, your uh, divorce and how was turning 30 for you? Obviously, you were reasonably newly single, reasonably newly living alone. How was it to turn 30 and be in a, such a different position than probably in your early 20s you expected to be? I did initially have that dread. You know, everyone turns 30 and they're like, oh my God, my life is over. Like, I'm getting so old. And I did initially have that. And I was so scared because, I mean, I don't even want to think back now. I mean, I was obviously scared of maybe not, you know, being in a relationship or being married or being at these points where everyone else around me was. And, you know, at that time, loads of my friends were getting married, friends were having babies. And you're very much just like, am I being left behind? Am I doing something wrong? You know, what is happening? And I did have that dread. And I think that when I actually think about it, I'm like, but do I want that right now? Do I, you know, what, but also you're turning 30, you're not, you know, you're not dying. Like you have so much time left. And I think this is where people easily forget that life does not end at 30. And I can honestly say my 30s have been so much better than my 20s. Like I love them. Like the best decade. Yeah, the best decade. I just feel like you get to know yourself better. You become more confident. You know what you want. You you know, you're establishing yourself in your career. You're gaining all this independence. And I absolutely love it. And now I'm very much like, screw the timelines. Who cares how old you are? Who cares if you're single? Who cares if you're divorced? Who cares? Like you can literally do anything at any time. And I think that we as society can easily forget that. And I think you see people when they're turning 30 and they're having like a meltdown and I can relate. I did the same. But let me tell you, it is not bad. Your 30s can honestly be one of the best decades of your life. Couldn't have said it better myself. Obviously, I think that I'm the turning 30 coach, but (laughs) you know, it's, I think, this timeline issue is obviously the biggest thing. And especially for me, it was like in the Jewish community, being 30 and single is like, oh my God, you're on the shelf. Every, all my friends got married 26, 27, if not younger. And I had the timeline pressure for sure. And, you know, it was still there. I'm now 36 and still in a way feel, oh my God, I'm not married. I've not got kids. I still feel the timeline pressure. But it's like, who cares? And what's interesting, I think, with your story, and I also have other clients and of friends who've gone through this is that you did the timelines you did what you were supposed to do you ticked the boxes at the age of 23 which obviously in retrospect is very young you already had all the things that you were supposed to have and that didn't work for you so there's almost it's funny how you still kind of went through the 30 yeah but then remembered oh wait but I did it all and that actually didn't make me happy. And yeah. people forget to ask that question, what will make me happy? And for some people, it is those things. Or for some people, they still want it if they've not got it. And that's also fine. Like no one's saying you don't have to want those things and move towards them. But I really think it's about getting comfortable and asking those big questions in your 30s, like what will make me happy? And for you, I feel like it was such a different journey because of everything that you had experienced already in your 20s. 
Absolutely. It's, it's exactly like you say. It's almost like I'd done it by the age of like, you know, 23. I was kind of married. You have a house, you have all of these things. And you're like, oh, is this it? Like for me, I was like, I don't know if this is a life that I want. And that was also one of the reasons why when I was filing for divorce, I was like, I don't want this life of, you know, you have the house and you have the kids and then what? that's it. Like that for me personally wasn't it. But that's not saying now that, you know, I don't want to get married one day and, mm. and whatnot, but it's very much about doing it with the right person. And I think what happens with a lot of people is they almost have this panic and then they rush into relationships because they're like, oh, I need to get married just to, you know, almost tick a box and then I need to have children. And that for me is what I find very, very almost like damaging is that it's not about ticking the box and doing those things. It's about doing it with the right person. And I think that, you know, there's no time on that. You know, you can do things whenever you want to. And like you said, there are people out there who want to do these things. And I very much say that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but just make sure you're not doing it for the wrong reasons. Exactly. Make sure you're not doing it just because you're supposed to do it, but because you actually want it and I'll ask you a question do you think that it was because you were too young that you know the marriage didn't work out or was it just a combination of age and timing and the person as well like why if you look back do you think that it wasn't meant to be for you yeah I think it was multiple things I think you're right I was definitely too young to even really know what I was doing with my life to be honest you know I was definitely too young to know what I wanted I think also I don't feel like my ex-husband was the right person for me so we probably didn't bring out the best in each other I think it was just a, a multitude of things but I think also at the time I probably wasn't mature enough to even see it I was very much just like oh you know okay I have to get married you know in the Asian community is very much a focus on you know you have to get married in your 20s you have to do these things and it was like okay no I have to do this so I'm gonna do this and it was almost I was almost doing it backwards I was looking at the box ticking first and then looking at like whether we actually work later which is definitely the wrong way around to be doing it um but even now you know especially again like I say in the Asian community there's so much focus on getting married and having this life and having children and if you don't have these things it's like there's something wrong with you and I think what I see a lot of is there's a lot of people message me on Instagram who are in their 30s and they're getting so much marriage pressure from family and they're getting so much pressure and they're like how do I deal with this what do I do and it's honestly so difficult like you said you know even within your community it's the same issue yeah and how how do you deal with it you know even now I'm sure that people when you go to family events I'm sure people ask you questions I know that they ask me as well how do you deal with that pressure honestly it's the most irritating question when people say to me I went to a wedding a few months ago and I lost count of the amount of people that said to me oh when you get married it's you next it's you next and I'm just like but why 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 do I need to get married what what is the reason that you think I need to get married that you think there's something missing in my life and it's almost like pushing back the question onto them to be like why do you think this one thing is going to complete my life and I think even with my parents I very much have kind of set boundaries and I say this to people as well is to make it very clear that you know as much as they're pressuring you to just kind of go back and say look I know you want me to get married and I appreciate that and that's also something that I want for myself however what I will not do is marry the wrong person so as long as it takes me to find the right person it takes that time and it's almost setting that boundaries that it's not about being able to say you got married it's about being able to marry the right person hundred percent. And I think somebody asked me this question and I said, it's the two responses about the family events. Cause you've got your immediate family. So just as the example, you used your mum and your dad who will put that pressure on or say, okay, like, you know, they're obviously worried and, and 
there is some sort of compassion now where I can find some compassion because for them, they did it younger or for their generation, obviously it is different for, for us. Um, but then you can set the boundaries. It is hard to do it. it. It's not, you know, it's not easy to have to speak your truth and to say it, but I recommend to people to always be able to say, listen, it doesn't help me when you're putting this pressure on me. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And exactly, you said it really beautifully. You know, when I find the right person, then I will. Like, please don't add extra stress. But you can't really say that to like a random auntie at an event, you know? That's yeah. the hard part. It's that kind of when someone approaches you at an event or a wedding or someone who you see like at a family dinner every, you know, f- few months or once a year. And yeah, it's like the nosy auntie is like, oh, so you're next, what's going on? And then the pressure never stops, even when you meet yeah. someone, because then it's like, when are you doing this, when you're having kids, all those things. Yeah, and it's like, it's never ending. Never ending. Everyone always says to me, you think it ends, but it just never does. Like maybe if you yeah. have four kids, then that's when it ends because they just don't ask you again. But <laughs> until then, it will be like, when's the next one? When's the next one? And I always never know how snarky to be because I, yeah. I think your response is great. Like, why? Why, you know, why do you need to know? Or, oh, the best one, I, I can't remember where I read this, but somebody said they just say, you know, say, oh, how's single life? How's dating? And they say, you know, I don't say, well, how's your marriage? you know, I don't, how's your marriage now? Because then that's like awkward because, you know, then they have to like say something personal. But why do you think I should tell you about my dating life? That See, is I never know how snarky to be. I love that response. I've never heard that before. But even hearing that, I was like, wow, that is great. I'm going to say that to everyone from now on. That is yeah, so like- good. When you're married friends, lead a conversation like, what's going on on the apps? What's going on? Are you dating anybody? Just say, oh, how's the inside of your marriage? You're doing couples therapy. But the problem is, is that you don't, for me, it was very much, you know, not wanting to be, to seem bitter and wanting to be like, you know, I want to set the boundary, but also I want you to know that I'm okay. But funnily enough, and I don't know how much of your family or, you know, distant family follow you on um, Instagram, but since I started speaking so openly on Instagram about all these things, it has been a bit less because I think people are scared of me. So my friends from home are often like my married friends are always a bit like, so, you know, I don't want to ask, you know, I know you post about it on Instagram, but like any, anyone, you know, anything going on at the moment. And it's, it's funny because since I started to be like in this space, people are a bit more understanding and they don't actually pry as much. Is that the same for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do still get the questions, but I think also because people see a lot of the content and they kind of see how strong I feel about the messaging, I think they're a bit more cautious about asking certain things. But what I will say is just on the topic of people asking, you know, when are you getting married? When are you doing this? I actually had an a situation recently where one of my friends was at a family wedding and she was kind of getting all these questions and it really, really affected her self-confidence and she was just feeling awful. And I think one of the things that I always say to her, and I will say to anyone listening to this, is that you need to have a really strong sense of self. So have that really strong self-belief and believe in yourself that there's nothing wrong with you because you know you're single or there's nothing wrong with you because you're not married or don't have children. And if you can just kind of channel that when people are asking you questions it really does help you through it because then it kind of stops other people taking that confidence away from you so it's very much about having that self-confidence in your own situation and really really believing it yeah exactly because if you have an unshakable foundation of belief that you know okay it's going to happen for me when it's supposed to happen and you can own your timeline and own your story then when somebody asks you that question you won't feel like you need to burst out crying because you'll be like oh actually it's fine and I'm saying that from both points of view because there's definitely were were times in the past where I would go back to visit family and have the questions and feel shaky and wobbly lip and lump in my throat and feel nervous and then the now it's very much like 
just like you said, why are you asking? I'm, I'm yeah. fine and I'm, and I'm good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have you found, it just sounds weird to ask you this actually, how have you found dating post-divorce? Because it's like, you know, it's been so long for you that I'm sure it's not necessarily the first thing that you lead with. But have you found like in the years that you've been a single since then that it's like a an issue or a thing in your in your single life? I think initially it definitely was. And I think that, you know, when I got married, there very much weren't kind of like that many dating apps around. People weren't really using them. And then obviously I was married for, you know, however many years. And then when I became single, obviously everyone was using dating apps. And I was like, okay, wait, well, what are these apps? How does it work? You know, I was literally, I was like a dating dinosaur, to be honest. And I was like, how do you navigate these apps? And to be honest, I could very quickly realize I am not a dating app person. I just can't do the whole online dating thing. So I very much was kind of meeting people through friends or just, you know, when you're out and about, wherever. And I think initially I was very nervous about dating because I was very, very scared to tell people that I was divorced because... I was like, are they going to judge me? Are they going to stop speaking to me? How are they going to take it? You know, I very much had some situations where I went on dates and I mentioned I was divorced and I never heard from them again. But I also had some dates where, you know, I tell someone I was divorced and they literally didn't care. And then what I slowly realized was that I was actually carrying a lot of this judgment myself. If Because I was worried about it, I was almost kind of projecting it onto people. And so I very much kind of worked on having that confidence around, so what if I'm divorced? It doesn't define me. It doesn't matter people can think what they want to think. And then I kind of saw it as like a filtering system. Like if you have an issue with me being divorced, then great, I don't want to date you. And so it was it was perfect because I was like, I don't want to have to justify my divorce status to anyone. I don't have to justify why I was divorced to anyone. You know, and it kind of, once you have that mentality, it actually makes dating a lot easier because you're like, actually, I don't really care. You know, they can think what they want to think, but I don't think that about myself. So I'm not going to let someone else's situation like take me down. And I think as you get into your 30s, I became a lot stronger in that sense of self. Mm-hmm. And I became a lot more confident. And I was very much like, you know, that's when, I, that's when I started speaking about stuff on social media. I was like, well, now I'm putting out to the world that I'm divorced. So you know, everyone's going to know. But I think by that point, I was very much comfortable with it. And I was like, so what? I'm divorced. So many people get divorced these days. You know, it's fine. I used to have this thing when, when I was dating, when I was single, that when a man I used to go on a date with would tell me he'd been divorced, I would really like it. I would almost be like, yes. And people, some of my friends after would be like, why? Like, why is that like a a draw for you? And for me, it was like, because this person probably has a really strong sense of self because it takes a really big person to be able to go against societal norms and to step up and probably will have done work on themselves, probably will have been in couples therapy or single therapy or, you know, just, ask those big questions, which many men don't have that emotional intelligence at the age of, you know, 30, 35. So for me, when somebody on a date would say, oh, you know, I got divorced quite young, I would always be like, great, like how was therapy? Yes, yeah, do you know a hundred percent. It is actually attractive. Like, like you said, there's two things I always say, and I was actually saying this to a friend the other day, is emotional maturity that you see within men who have gone through divorce or, you know, you know, see women as well, but also perspective. I just feel like divorce gives you perspective or like you said, a big breakup just in terms of what actually matters, you know, what is actually important. And I just feel like having that within a relationship is one of the most important things. 100%. And I also think, and it's one of those things that, you know, when you're going through such a bad time and people will always say, this is character building. And you're like, I don't care if it's character building. Like, I don't need another lesson. But it is like the, the, the strength that you have today 
is because of all the obstacles and challenges that you had to overcome. So I really feel like that. And it's hard to remember that in those moments, but it's definitely something that you take with you and you take it into future relationships. It's so true. When I think back now to all of my meltdowns, I mean, at the time, you're just like, oh, when are we going to get over it? But now I look back and I'm like, no, I needed it. I needed to get through it to be where I am now. And honestly, like you said, the character building, you don't see at the time, but I am so grateful for it now. Yeah, it's so, so true. So a question that I ask all of my guests on the Turning 30 podcast is, what would you tell yourself your 20 year old self about being in your 30s that you didn't know until you were actually in your 30s? Oh, that is a good question. I would say, I say the biggest thing that I didn't know, and probably one of my biggest fears as well was, you know, when I was going through my divorce, my biggest fear was that my life was going to be worse. And that by doing this, I was not going to have happiness. And I was never going to be happy. And I was almost taking a step backwards. And I couldn't see that you know, this was going to be like, I always say it, short-term pain for long-term gain. Mm. And the biggest thing that I would say is that life gets better as you get older. Life gets better as you go through your 30s. You become, you know, wiser, you become independent, you become more confident. And that is, I wish I knew that because I think I was just so scared in my 20s. And I just thought, what is life going to be like? Am I going to be alone? It's not going to be good. And now in my 30s, I look back and I'm like, this is the best decade ever. Like, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving where I am you know, you can have that confidence. And and I think the best thing is that like you create that for yourself. And it goes back to that point where you can know you can feel proud of yourself. And you can be like, I did this, we did this, we got through, you know, all of the horrible times and we got here. Yeah, such a great response. It's so true. It's, you know, it's societal conditioning that tells us that life is downhill after your 30s and it's so fun to have a guest on the podcast who's really living it and who has so much evidence that your 30s can be better than your 20s if you choose it so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story it's been such a a pleasure to have this conversation and just finally anybody who wants to know more about you and to watch your amazing content on Instagram where can they find you thank you so much for having me Emma so all of my content is on Instagram my handle is at jigna underscore made up amazing so encouraging everyone to go and follow Jigna and I'll see everyone on the podcast next week Thank you.